Hello, my name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to another edition of JM Rewind. Uh, last week, we had the opportunity to speak with Myra Fleischer, one of the amazing leaders of the Jewish National Fund. We went through a whole host of topics, including many amazing projects that are going on now in Israel, courtesy of JNF. Myra Fleischer, my guest from the Jewish National Fund on this edition of JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, many of you may be aware of the fact that May is Women's Month at the JNF, at the Jewish National Fund. And Myra Chak Fleischer is National Vice President for Women of Women for Israel. Um, Myra Chak Fleischer is a Zionist in her heart and in her blood. Her great-grandfather joined the movement at the first... Zionist Congress in 1897. She has led JNF San Diego chapter and served on multiple JNF boards, also served the local community in many other ways as well. She's an advocate for women's leadership, national vice president of Women for Israel, member of the Task Force on Disabilities and chair of the LOTEM committee. We've spoken very often about LOTEM here uh, at JMNAM, member of uh, Makoran of the Sapphire Society and demonstrates professional leadership as partner and founder of an esteemed family law firm. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to JM in the AM, Myra Chak Fleischer on this Wednesday morning. Myra, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. I have to correct the record, though. My my great-grandfather didn't get to go. He was set to go, but he uh, he couldn't go because my grandmother was about to be born, so he didn't leave. But he was set to go. So <laughs> I have you, to be honest there. How do you like that? I, I assume you've been able to uh, participate in many Zionist and Israeli activities to make up for the fact that he missed that one. <laughs> Uh, many, many, as, 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 as my grandparents and, and my parents and everybody. So, yeah, we thought it's of, all good now. We thought of JNF yesterday when we were in uh, Jerusalem for the uh, Israel Independence Day celebration, and I'm sure you're aware that just coming up in a couple of weeks for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, there'll be a lot of JNF activities in the Holy City. A lot of JNF activities. We're taking several hundred people to Israel. I'll actually be there the week before. I'm coming back from my daughter's uh, college graduation. I had to make a decision, but <laughs> I'll be there the week before, actually, with uh, the Lotem Task Force. We're going to be uh, touring Lotem and doing some meetings about what we are we are going to be doing to help fundraise some more for Lotem. So it's funny that you mentioned Lotem, and, and it is Women's Month, so we are, are doing a lot of things to help fundraise for Lotem. Well, we've gone ahead and described uh, multiple times the incredible work that Lotem is doing and the, how their leadership continues to grow that section of the organization. It really is remarkable, and they have a tremendous amount to be proud of. So how, how did you first get involved with JNF? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have been involved in the Jewish community and with my synagogue and philanthropy for for my whole life, I'm one of those people I call the perennial joiners. If somebody <laughs> says, will you, I say yes before the rest of the words come out of their mouth. And uh, uh, I have a very good friend here, Lauren Lizerbram, and her husband, Saul, and they've been involved with JNF for a million years, and actually Saul's going to be the next national president of, of JNF. Wow. And uh, they had asked me multiple times to be on the board here in San Diego, and I said multiple times no, and then one day I said yes. Um, it was because I was so busy. And uh, I came to the National Conference for the first time in Cincinnati, and it's kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, you always think that JNF is the little blue boxes and it's trees, and you don't realize the breadth and scope of what JNF really does. And I was one of those people uh, until I got a really clear picture and got on the board and uh, really knew that JNF 
as I like to put it, um, touches the lives of every Israeli from the moment they wake up in the morning until the moment they close their eyes to go to sleep at night. Uh, there is so much that JNF does uh, to help people in Israel so that they can really just take care of, of everything else in their lives because they've had so much to deal with since their inception of the country. Uh, Myra Chak Fleischer is with us. Yeah, well said. There's no question about it. I was, In fact, I was thinking about it yesterday being there for the Independence Day celebrations, not only uh, you know the lives of uh, of Israelis and people living in Israel from morning to night, but really the uh, the the breadth of the entire the length and breadth of the entire country from north to south and across the entire country. It's amazing how many things they're involved with. Um, have you used this uh, opportunity of of being in the leadership of JNF to uh, promote the fact that women need to be more involved in the area of philanthropy? You know, we have. You know, this is Women's Month, and and truly, I think that the women's campaign has changed how JNF is. Uh, I think it's about 13, 14 years ago that the women's campaign came to be, and it was long before I was involved, but it was partly because a group of women wanted to do a project that was in the Negev. And uh, at the time, they were told that, well, if you want to do that project, you go raise the money. Mm. And so they did. And that project at a kindergarten down in the Negev was what spearheaded the idea of, of a uh, project called Blueprint Negev, which became an overarching theme to bring people down to the Negev because everybody lives in the center of the country. So that uh, mission or vision, shall we say, has become the overarching uh, vision of JNF to get people out of the center of the country, to build infrastructure into the Negev, to get people to live down in the 60% of the land mass. And that is what we're doing. So we fund now projects that are down in that lower part of the country so that there's infrastructure, schools, uh, housing, uh, medical centers, everything that you need to bring 300,000 people down to that area of the country. And that started about 10, 11 years ago. And now we've moved, we're going north. That's the next project is to go north. That started a few years ago to do the same for the northern part of the country. And that, I believe, really was spearheaded by a group of women who were told, if you want to fund that project, and that's where the Sapphire Society started. So women's philanthropy has changed the face, I think, of Jewish National Fund. And it really is, I think, changing the face of philanthropy. I mean, the statistics play it out, changing the face of philanthropy in America and across the world. Because um, right now, Women's grow, financial muscle is growing because women are becoming uh, more wealthy, and where they donate their dollars is very important in the world. So we're a force to be reckoned with. And we, we and we know the impact that women have had for thousands of years when it comes to uh, uh, the building of Israel and the land of Israel and expanding, as you've uh, indicated. And uh, that's why I said the length of Israel earlier, because now both north and south, we could say, has roots in terms of the effort to bring people in the hundreds of thousands to both areas, has roots right. in the in the uh, in the women's campaign uh, for JNF, and uh, it is women who are behind uh, the entire effort. Myra Chak Fleischer is with us live via telephone as we talk about some of the things that are happening with JNF and the women's campaign and the uh, and the incredible impact that it's having. In the country as we speak, what would you say to women who are listening right now, um, who are not involved with JNF, may not know much about the organization, and might frankly be thinking like they're not at a level 
that they could be helpful. What would you say to them at this point? You know, it doesn't matter what level you are at. The women's campaign starts with a donation of $360 to be part of the Women's Alliance. Every dollar that you donate to uh, JNF, we spend about 85 cents of it on Israel. Um, we are all Israel all the time. Uh, if not, I, I always say to people, if not us, then who? Um, who is going to help Israel, uh, if not American Jews? Um, the women's campaign is a cadre of women who are very committed to Israel. We have amazing lay leaders around the country, and it has changed my life because these are women who are from every walk of life. Not all of them work. Not all of them stay at home with children. Some of them are retired. Some of them are young and are just starting out in their careers or their marriages. We have people um, from all backgrounds and walks of life, but we have a common goal. Our common goal is to help fundraise for Israel. Some are more involved than others. I'm very involved in the organization. Some just come to events occasionally or come to the national conference once a year. Some are major donors. Some are small donors. But we all have a common goal, and that brings us together. And it doesn't matter. Just people who make a donation feel that special affinity within Israel, and I think we as American Jews have that responsibility. There really is a role for everybody. If anybody wants to be active, they will find a role uh, certainly in this organization. The uh, Are you going to get an opportunity? I know you're there the week before Jerusalem Day. Will you have an opportunity to see what's been happening on Ammunition Hill, the JNF uh, influence on that uh, beautiful visitor center that's just opening up on Ammunition Hill? I probably will get up there. I have a few days that I'm going to try and get around, um, getting in touch with some of the partners that we have up at uh, the different sites. Um, hopefully I will get up to Ammunition Hill. I was there last year, and I actually dedicated – a plaque in honor of my father-in-law's uh, 90th birthday. Wow! I put oh, a plaque up so for you're, him. He's, so, so he's you're very, 92 now. So you're very familiar with the project. <laughs> very familiar with the project. You know, as a McCore speaker uh, and fundraiser, you you have to stay on top of all the projects, and I have to say that there are so many projects happening in Israel that even as somebody very involved uh, with the projects, I have a hard time keeping up with them. Yeah. There are so many that we do. Yeah, sometimes I think I'm good at keeping up, and I realize I'm not. Uh, Myra, let me ask you, especially as we see more and more countries around the world approaching Israel for the technology that Israel has developed, and we know when it comes to water, JNF is the backbone of, of what Israel's been able to accomplish over all these decades. As the, as the water campaign continues, we know a lot of people around the world who are supporting it. What are your thoughts as you see and hear about uh, different countries' leaderships from around the world, uh, either visiting Israel or approaching Israel for their advice and technology? You know, I, I find it interesting because a lot of countries quietly go to Israel who may not vote for Israel at the uh, United Nations, and they ask for the technology and they ask for the help. And Israel always helps, no matter what. Yep. Uh, because they have to. They, you know, water is a crisis all around the world. I live in California, okay? Um, we just built our first desalinization plant, and where did we get the technology and the ideas? We got them from Israel. Uh, they went over to Israel, got the how-tos years ago, and worked with the, the people in Israel to figure out how to do this and how to build a desalinization plant in California. And so I think the entire world should look at Israel, and they do. 
and only a few smart countries are starting to come around now and and get that information from Israel. Yeah, and I was surprised to hear I mean, uh, the 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 role that Israel's had in California dealing with its drought. I mean, there, there are states in the United States, even even some outside of California, that are literally turning to Israel to help with their own local problems. And you know, you think that the U.S. could deal with anything on their own, they actually have to turn to Israel for assistance on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that out here that the and it wasn't even in the news media. I mean, this is stuff that I got through JNF right. and through talking to people out here because we had um, some meetings with the people who uh, run the desalinization plant. It wasn't in the news media I, I that Israel was that involved. It was very quiet, but it happens behind the scenes. Israel doesn't take a lot of credit for any of this stuff. It just happens. May is Women's Month at the Jewish National Fund. Myra Chak Fleischer is vice pre- national vice president of Women for Israel. Women represent a huge part of the campaign here in the U.S., and they continue, uh, everybody, women, men, everybody, continue to do an amazing job when it comes to supporting uh, causes and different projects that JNF continues uh, to use um, around Israel to allow different parts of Israel to flourish and different organizations and different efforts in Israel to flourish. It is really Remarkable, and we look forward to uh, seeing up close and personal just a couple of weeks some more of the JNF work in Israel when we are there for Jerusalem Day. Uh, Myra, cannot thank you enough. The work that's being done by lay leadership and those who are working full time with JNF is simply remarkable, and I thank you for helping us focus on some of it today. Well, thank you, Nathan. It was a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you very much for that. That was my conversation with Myra Fleischer of the Jewish National Fund. Thanks for listening to JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Pesach Friedman joined me. Uh, recently, my family were beneficiaries of the incredible work of the organization Chaim Vachesed. He leads the organization in Israel, and he spent a few minutes telling us about it. Pesach Friedman on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi Pesach Friedman is with us live via telephone. Pesach Friedman is the uh, CEO of uh, Chaim Vachesed, and um, recently when we were in Israel, uh, somebody we were with um, needed assistance at one of the hospitals in the Holy Land. And we were told to call uh, Pesach Friedman, who uh, I believe at that time was 6,000 miles away. <laughs> and nonetheless, uh, he and the uh, people he works with were able to be of assistance uh, in a very um, tense situation. Pesach Friedman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here. How did this all start, uh, that you got involved with helping people who are in hospitals in Israel? Look, it's not just hospitals, but the background to all this is I I am just a uh, former American living here in Israel for over 20 years. And uh, life in Israel is great, and very happy to be here, and wish everyone would be here with us. But it's not always that simple. And when you run into any kind of crisis or challenge, large or small, it's really difficult. It's not just the language, it's a different culture, it's a different climate, different rules. And the Americans or English speakers here in Israel find themselves very alone. And having gone through that, I wanted to help others through that as well. And we made an organization to really be here for the English speakers in every area of crisis and challenge. A lot of that takes place in the hospital, as you referred to, but many, many other areas that we assist in as well. Right. So we end up in the emergency room with a situation, and it's sometimes difficult between the language and because we're not really familiar with how hospitals work in Israel. We're used to what goes on in Manhattan. Um, so things become difficult. We hit certain roadblocks. And uh, and what happens? You then, you then send people to the hospital or have them make phone calls that will ease the uh, process? Yeah. With regard to the hospital, we now have two people working for us 
in the Jerusalem area hospitals, uh, guys who are there, who have been there for many years and who are there for many, many hours every day, know all the right, let's say, buttons to push, know all the power players, know how to get things done. Do uh, <laughs> This may sound like a strange question. Do hospitals resent the fact that patients walk in with representatives like yours? Very much not so, because it's an interesting point. Really, every Israeli walks in with a representative of his own. His brother, his mother, his son, his grandson, everyone's got a representative. Some type of Our advocate. People, some type of advocate. Our people don't, because their, their parents or their children may be 6,000 miles away, and we don't have any advocates. And that's exactly what we've found, is that we're being the voice for those people. We're not trying to do, you know, be in any way pushy when you're not supposed to be pushy, be, you know, cut anyone to the head of the line when it's not appropriate. But this country really works on a lot of who you know, what the connections are, and really knowing how the system operates. The people that we're helping don't know any of that. So we're just trying to get them up to snuff with everyone else here. Pesach Friedman's with us. Can you give us an example outside the hospital? You said that your staff is ready to help in any situation where someone from outside of Israel uh, is experiencing difficulty, some type of bureaucracy. What what else would be an area of life? Sure. One of the one of the main areas that we deal with are foreigners here need visas to be here legally. They need to get Lumi, which is national insurance. They need to also have health insurance. People are woefully unaware, and they often find themselves uninsured. We help them with that, guide them through the systems. Um, more more seriously, as you know, just earlier this week, we had someone who had a relative who died in the U.S., needed to get a passport so he could fly back to Sit Shiva. But there was a holiday this week, Yom Atzmat. Offices were closed. We tried to help them with that, and he's at least back uh, together with his family now. Just last night, we had a young lady who actually lost her passports in Geula, and we led her to the right, uh, the right addresses to fortunately find those passports. Uh, people that land in the airport and have legal trouble because, you know, they, they may be Israeli citizens and didn't come on the right passport. All sorts of bureaucracy, government dealings with, and one of the large areas is actually special education or special therapies. Anyone with special children has a whole parallel and additional world to navigate all the, all the services that are coming to them or the benefits that they could get their children to school. So we have a very robust special ed department with two experts working in special ed. Amazing. Pesach Friedman, it's um, Chaim Vachesed, the name of the organization. How do people reach you, both in an emergency and also just to get more information? Okay, so first of all, online, we're ChaimVachesed.com. That's C-H-A-I-M-V-C-H-E-S-S-E-D.com. Uh, our number in Israel is very easy to remember. It's 72 Chesed. Right, which is zero seven two two four three seven seven three three, and if someone wants to call us from the U.S., we have a U.S. number which is seven one eight four zero seven two four four eight. So we're available twenty four seven or twenty four six actually. Uh, in the middle of the night, we get calls as well. There's an emergency line, and we get uh, woken up uh, not infrequently with some kind of crisis or challenge. Well, Kolakavod, you are helpful to us, and I'm sure you'll be uh, helpful to many, many more people as time continues. It's much appreciated, and uh, big yeshikach what you and your staff have done. Thank you very much. All the best, Nachum. Pesach Friedman, Chaim Vachesed. You can go to ChaimVachesed.com, ChaimVachesed.com. If you have a situation in Israel uh, similar to the ones that the Pesach described, you could dial 072 Chesed, that's 072 Chesed, or 718-407-2448, 718-407-2448.
As I said, our family experienced the assistance of Chaim Vachesed, and uh, if uh, for whatever reason yours needs some type of uh, intervention, uh, somebody to advocate on uh, your behalf or a relative or friend's behalf in Israel, they are more than willing to undertake the project and make things as easy as possible. That was my conversation with Pesach Friedman of Chaim Vachesed. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal of Yachad, New York, joins us. We spoke about the uh, Shabbaton that was scheduled for this past Shabbos and the incredible um, the incredible uh, Shabbaton, uh, which attracts 1,000-plus people to come together and enjoy the incredible uh, work of Yachad. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal, director of Yachad, New York. He's next on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is with us live via telephone. We've always had a, a tremendous admiration for the Yachad organization. He directs Yachad New York, and their Northeast Regional Shabbaton is this Shabbos. It's their 31st annual family Shabbaton. They have over 1,000 people coming, and uh, we always pay tribute to them around the time of their um, uh, their big family Shabbaton because of the work that Yachad does for families in our community. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal, welcome to JM in the AM. Well, good morning, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me on. A pleasure. Very excited. Uh, it is remarkable that a thousand people take advantage of the family Shabbaton, uh, and again, it's happening this coming Shabbos. Why is it? Why is it that uh, when Yachad puts together a family Shabbaton, families—I wouldn't say—I wouldn't use the word desperate—but it seems that families are anxious, are anxious to be there and to take advantage. Well, exactly. I mean, over the last. And this is really the end of our uh, last two months of putting in a tremendous amount of effort. I have to really give a lot of credit to our director of special events, uh, to Uva Stern, and to all the staff in New York. It's been a tremendous undertaking. <clears throat> we have so many families who benefit from Yachad's services and programming. And, you know, as soon as we open up the registration for the Shabbaton, this is going back uh, close to two months ago, there are families who literally are waiting all year for this event, and the moment the email comes out, they're right on it, and they're signing up, and we are fielding calls nonstop, and as you said, we have you know over a 1,000 people who are coming, many, many families of individuals with disabilities who this is, this is a, a beautiful Shabbos for them. We spare nothing. It's in a beautiful hotel with unbelievable food and programming and entertainment, so this is very special. It's very meaningful to our families, and, and they really look forward to this all year long. How has the season been? How has the 5777 year gone for Yachad in the New York area? Well, it's been a tremendous year. It's been a year of growth. It's been a year of success. We have just in just in the New York, New Jersey area, just to give you a little snippet, you know, we had 37 Shabbatones. And as you're, I'm sure many of your listeners know, our Shabbatones are um, what we're probably most uh, well-known for, and that's visiting different communities and different schools, joining with elementary schools, high schools, communities. So just in the local area, New York, New Jersey, we've had 37 of them this year, and that's hundreds of members, hundreds, hundreds of students, families, community members who are promoting inclusion, which is what we do at Yachad, and to try to create an environment and an experience of inclusion where members and individuals with disabilities can interact at all levels with our Jewish population. Uh, Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is with us live via telephone. There, there is a, um, and I don't know if the youth in our community is responsible for it. Maybe you could shed some more light on it. There, there, there is an incredible effort in our community to uh, uh, continue to include. 
uh, to make yeah. to make inclusion a very important part of uh, of youngsters' lives and really families' lives in our community. And it's remarkable to see the way summer camps, uh, the way that yeshivot, the way that shuls, the way that individuals, teenagers and younger, have opened up and have included those who are um, you know part of the Achad program. And it's just um, I don't know. Is there is there is there something for, uh, something about this you could analyze for us or give us a comment that would that would indicate just how far we've come in this area? Well, I think your points are excellent, and I I look forward to continued uh, growth in all those areas that you mentioned. I, we've seen um, so much of a of a welcoming feeling from all the communities and the summer camps. We have many summer programs. Um, we're constantly approached by organizations by community uh, endeavors, summer camps who are looking to create an experience of inclusion. And uh, that wasn't always the case. This is our 31st annual family Shabbaton. Um, but in those years that Yah has been promoting inclusion, uh, it's grown tremendously, and our summer presence continues to grow. We are contacted by communities, new communities in the local New York, New Jersey area, and really beyond all over the country growing communities who are looking to bring individuals with disabilities closer and more intimately into their synagogue life, into their community life, and that's what we do, and that's what we've been promoting. So it's very exciting for us to see the welcomingness of all these communities. I just yesterday received an email from an up-and-coming community in New Jersey who was very excited that their shul is growing, and they would love to have a Shabbaton. They would love to bring a group of Yachad members and to engage with the community. So this is very exciting for us. And, you know, to analyze it, I, I think it's just it speaks to the to the Ahdud of, of Klai Yisrael and welcoming our own members and our own uh, Jewish population who belongs as a part of Klai Yisrael really into the into the intimate folds of, of their communities. Oh, no question about it. The eighth grade leadership track, that's something that's part of the Shabbaton or that's something that's going on all year round? So we, we do have um, eighth grade involvement over the course of the year, but this specifically is a chance for those eighth graders who uh, these local day schools have identified as future leaders, as those who would be team members of Yachad, who would be uh, involved in our endeavors and to help promote inclusion. So we have a separate track that runs for them at this Shabbaton. So amongst the, you know, the thousand people that are there and the families and all of what we have going on, the programming for the siblings and for everything, we have, in addition to that, um, an eighth-grade track of about 30 of the uh, eighth-graders who have been identified by their principals and assistant principals as those that would be future leaders at Yachad. So we provide them with some workshops and really leadership and how to be involved and how to grow themselves and to help promote inclusion. So we're very excited about that. It's always been very successful. And this year, once again, we have a great group of eighth graders from the local area who will be uh, hopefully benefiting and learning a lot about what Yachad does and what they can do as well. well. You're doing a great job. Leadership skills are so vital, and the Yachad is one way for kids to obtain it. It's the 31st annual Family Shabbaton this weekend. Over 1,000 people, 130 volunteers will be programming for parents, caregivers, siblings, and individuals with disabilities. Great work of Yachad. Uh, we have an opportunity to highlight here at JM and AM. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is director of Yachad New York. How do people get information about Yachad? What's the best way? So we have our website, yachad.org, and that really is our home base, and you can find all the information. Um, there are different chapters, so if uh, listeners are, find themselves in different areas around the country and even in Israel, 
we uh, we have branches all over, and we're happy to answer any questions and hopefully be the address that can help them with their child or with their uh, family members that uh, have a disability and would like to be involved with our programming and services and family support. Uh, we're here. We're the one-stop address to help them in any way possible. And any of your listeners have any specific questions uh, that I can help them with, of course, they can reach out to me at rosenthala at ou.org. Uh, but again, yachad.org is the best address for all the information. Rabbi, Rabbi Rosenthal, enjoy the weekend. It looks like it's going to be a great Shabbaton, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, it should be. Thanks so much, Nathan, for having me on. A pleasure. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal, director of Yachad New York. It is, in fact, going to be an amazing Shabbaton. They do it each and every year, and it's uh, pretty remarkable. This is in addition to their tens of Shabbatonim that go on on a regular basis. That was my conversation with Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal. Rabbi Dofendel joined us. He is the uh, director of the yeshiva, the Rosh Yeshiva, I should say, of the yeshiva and stay road, the Hezri Yeshiva and stay road, and has had an amazing influence on the city of stay road. The stay road dinner is tonight, Tuesday evening, uh, May the 9th, and we get a chance to revisit our conversation with Rabbi Dofendel uh, from stay road right here on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi Dov Fendel is with us live via telephone. He is, of course, the founder of uh, the Shivat Hezder in Steyrot. Many of you are aware of the fact that on Tuesday, May 9th, which is one week from tomorrow, uh, the Max and Ruth Schwartz Steyrot Hezder institutions will have their Shivat Hezder Steyrot anniversary gala dinner. It happens a week from tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at Terrace on the Park. The theme is Ach Tov Vachesed, celebrating 21 years of Torah and Chesed in Steyrot. They have many distinguished guest speakers and wonderful awardees, wonderful honorees. And as I said, Rabbi Dov Fendel is with us live via telephone on this Yom Hazikaron morning. Rabbi Fendel, Shalom, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. What can you tell us? Tell us something that we as Americans who generally do not spend Yom HaZikaron in Israel. Tell us something we should know about this very solemn day. It's really a day where everyone's in it together. Everybody feels it's one big family. And sometimes you just have to zero in on one family. I just, we were Menachem Avel at El Chai Tohar Lev. was killed right before Pesach. And you see the strength that this family has. And you hear, begin to hear some stories about the, the person that was killed. And we're, ne- we're never sure if God picks the best or everyone's the best, and we only find out about it after they die. Yeah. There's a real feeling that these people are the Kedoshim. And as Shalman Zaman said, when someone wanted to go to Kivrot Sadikim up north, he said, why go so far? You just go to Har Herzl. And you'll see that you'll, you have thousands of tzaddikim, thousands of righteous people. We have a special responsibility in Steyrot to people that gave their lives so that we could build up that. People gave their lives for us, literally. We try to, to teach our guys that they have a special responsibility to learn about those people. We, we try to adopt them. There's somebody named Degan Vertman. He was an awesome person. Yeah. Unfortunately, he died in Oferet Itzuka, which is a war, to, to really save Steyrot. So that's our special responsibility. I know that the mayor, he goes from house to house of the people that were uh, of the bereaved families. And they, it could be people that fell in 1948. And it's a beautiful tradition that all the mayors of Steyrot had, that in the week, the week before Yom HaZikaron, 
they visit each house of, the, of uh, those families that fell. At the same time, it's, uh, we know that these people didn't die. They, taught, they died doing a mitzvah. It was, it was, it's a death of uh, Giborim and Kedoshim. One fast story, one fast anecdote. Sure. Rav Gustman, he was, we, we had, I had a friend. His name is Shlomo Uman. He's the son of Professor Uman. He learned with me in Shalavim. He was killed in the Lebanon War. We're talking about 1982. And Rabbi Gustman, who was a Dayan in Vilna, and Rosh Hashim in Yerushalayim, he came to comfort that family, and he said, I want to tell you what's happening in heaven. He came right after the, right after the Leviah. He said, I had a son, Mayor. He was killed in the Holocaust, snatched away from me. And he's now greeting your Shlomo. And they're arguing who's going to be the Chazan. And Mayor is telling Shlomo that your Kiddush Hashem was a totally different type of Kiddush Hashem. It was a Kiddush Hashem saving everyone, doing mitzvot. And that's the most proper and meaningful way to enter Yom Atzmaut. Absolutely amazing. And it's that transition that is so stirring. It's that transition that is so hard to believe sometimes as they do transition in Israel from Yom Azikaron, Israel Memorial Day, to Yom Atzmaut, a night and day of celebration. And uh, I don't know if there's any more proper way to observe the two days than the way they do in Israel uh, consecutively. Rabbi Dov Fendel is with us. The Stay Road Anniversary Gala Dinner happens a week from tomorrow night, May 9th, at Terrace on the Park in Flushing, New York. Uh, there are some amazing guest speakers who are going to be part of it. The Honorable Ayala Chaked, Israel's Justice Minister, the Honorable Alon Davidi, the Mayor of Stay Road, and the Honorable Ambassador Danny Dayan, Consul General of Israel in New York. Many distinguished honorees, including Dr. Abraham Peller of West Hempstead, Mr. Harold Kaplan of Chicago, Dr. Jonathan and Jessica Landa of Bergenfield, Mr. Yaakov Shama of Brooklyn, New York, the Rabbinic Leadership Award by Dr. David Eliach, Rabbi Yotav Eliach, and this is presented in memory of Professor Yaffa Eliach, and the Swish for Stay Road Education Achievement Award will be presented to a variety, a really an entire collection of schools, including Ashar, Hafter, Halb, Hank, the Hillel Yeshiva, JEC, Magan David, MDS, North Shore, RPRY, SAR, Westchester Day School, YCQ, Derech HaTorah, Yeshiva Flatbush, and Har Torah. Dinner is being chaired by Carol and Judah Ryan. It happens a week from tomorrow night at Terrace on the Park in Queens, New York. Phone number is 718-650-6091. That's 718-650-6091. There's also a website, stayrote.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org. Rabbi Fendel, give us an update. Tell us what's been happening in Stay Road since the last time we spoke. We're like dreamers. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. We're talking about six new kindergarten classes of, of people from the yeshivat there and from the community. We're talking about seven new freshman classes in the yeshivat there in the two branches in Stay Road. We're talking about five dorms. It's an awesome building and growing. We're talking about three apartment buildings for the kolel. It's a big, rapidly growing kolel. Guys are getting married and living in Stay Road. Scores of weddings going on. And it's a, it's a beautiful atmosphere. In other words, it's really a whole new environment. The um, the thought might be, knowing the geography of Israel, 
that people would be moving away from the area of Stay Road. Yet it seems that you continue to enjoy incredible growth. How does one explain on this Yom Karon, a day of sacrifice, the incredible commitment that uh, those in Israel are making to the city and the yeshiva of Stay Road? It's really not a sacrifice nowadays to live in Sterot. It's a really beautiful place to live. We have to invite all your listeners to come for a short tour, and I think it will be an injection of modern Israeli religious Zionism. It's a special experience. The property there is quadrupled in price, and it's hard to find good houses there, and people are moving in. It's a great place to live. Simple as that, huh? When when people think about the uh, uh, about the border and, and where Stay Road is located, they might hesitate. But it seems that you never have that problem. That even in difficult times, there are more and more people trying to get in and to buy houses in Stay Road. We're stronger than our enemies. They're beginning to see that. That if they dare start up with a little hick town in southern Israel, <laughs> then world Jewry rallies around that town and builds parks, and builds yeshivot, and builds museums, and, and makes it, and builds houses. If you come to the dinner, and that's our real request, that your listeners uh, come to the dinner and be our, be our partners, you'll see an awesome video. of It was really televised. It was really, it's really a clip from television where the Israeli television itself can't believe what's happening in Steyrot, and uh, they give a lot of credit to the mayor. We also do. At the same time, we know that it's a lot of the families from the Yeshiva Tezder, and a lot of people from all over the country. Uh, the dinner is a week from tomorrow night. You have some amazing guest speakers, as we said. The Justice Minister of Israel, uh, Danny Dayan, the Consul General. The Mayor, of course, will be in uh, to address the crowd as well. You've also put together a very impressive list of honorees. Uh, how do you get such wonderful people to become the backbone of support for your institution? Firstly, Ayelet Shaked is she's up and coming, and she's a perfect example of working together, religious and non-religious. She has a special respect for Steyrot, and she helps us a lot. I think it'll be a real experience to hear what she has to say, and it's important for her also to see that there's a lot of support for such a beautiful project. The mayor is someone very unique. We have um, every Friday, he has four chevrusis. <laughs> he learns four. He learns with me for an hour. He learns with the Rosh Kolel of our Yeshiva Tezder, who's soon going to be the chief rabbi of Sterot. He learns with uh, the Chabad representative, and he learns with another one of our rabbim in Sterot. That's how the mayor of Sterot spends his Friday mornings. And he, he's doing an unbelievable job, wow. an unbelievable job in, in Sterot. And it's something that's going to be studied. It's really how he transformed the town. And it's a real experience to hear what he has to say. Rabbi Eliach is, is, uh, and his uh, illustrious son, Rabbi Yotav Eliach, I ate with him this Shabbos, awesomely impressed. I, I, didn't, we didn't, I didn't even realize who we were honoring, how, how important it was to honor them. And I heard a lot about the, uh, the late Professor Yaffa Eliach. It, it's really an honor for us to be able to honor such important people. Really amazing. Great people involved in the organization. It's a wonderful get-together. Those of you out there who have never been to a Stay Road dinner, make sure to get a reservation in. Uh, you don't want to miss this. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice evening, and in addition, you get to see some incredible support and some uh, wonderful activity in terms of what's happening in a very important city in Israel. The Max and Ruth Schwartz Stay Road Hesder Institution's annual dinner 
under the direction of Rosh Hashiva by David Fendel, uh, presents an American Friends of Stay Road get-together at Terrace on the Park. It starts at 6 p.m. Tuesday night, May the 9th. It is the annual dinner. Guest speakers include the Honorable Ayala Chaked, Alon Davidi, the Honorable Ambassador Danny Dayan, many distinguished honorees, as we pointed out. Information, go to stayrote.org slash dinner, S-D-E-R-O-T dot org slash dinner, S-D-E-R-O-T dot org slash dinner, or 718-650-6091. That's 718-650-6091. Rabbi Fendel, on this uh, Yom Hazikaron Israel Memorial Day, I thank you for joining us, and I certainly hope that hundreds of our listeners will turn out and be part of the big celebration next Tuesday night. I thank you also. We make the dinners short, inspirational, motivating, and really interesting. And it's very important for us if, our, if your listeners show that support and come. Kolakavo, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks a lot, Koltov. Rabbi Dofendel, um, Tuesday, May 9th, New York City's Terrace on the Park in Queens. Terrace on the Park in Queens. That's where the uh, dinner will be taking place. Make sure to be there. That was my conversation with the Rideau Fendel. He is um, getting ready, as are we, for tonight's Big Stay Road dinner happening May 9th tonight, Tuesday, May 9th, at Terrace on the Park in Queens, New York. I thank you for listening to this edition of JM Rewind. We'll wrap things up with some of uh, a Sphera-appropriate selections. As we close out this hour, thank you for listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> I think about that day when the entire Jewish nation puts their bread away. There's so much to clean, but when the holiday is through, I'll be upset that time just flew. I think that bread is new. Springtime, Seder nights. We'll sink into our seats to learn about our nation's plight and celebrate our freedom and our crossing of the sea. God called us to be on his team. Oh, buy one, get one free. Without a nickel to our names, kosher food, free of grain. All these prices just insane, but gluten free. Cause once we reach that Seder night and satiate our appetites, we'll realize that our birthright is quite the story. My wife and all my kinder telling me I'm going gray But little do they know it's from the yearly heap of chores She tells me that there's always more So I'm back here at the store And even when mom answers no Or when the satyrs move and slow My macaroons and crispios are all I need And when we're all engaged in song of generations going strong That'll be the thing to push us on and go, go
sun goes down, our families gather round. That's how Passover is.
si kvasi voj, mi si ma si kvasi voj. Halleluja, halleluja, eloikaj, vi es mi hovo voj. Vi si ma si ma si kvasi voj, mi si ma si kvasi voj. Ahoj deni, ahoj deni, bevusoj dam kiroj voj, lekaj ciri, lekaj ciri. Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech, Hashem Yimloch, 
Hashem, 